good to be here today. And it's, um, I'm up on stage, and I'm looking down this way, and I have a little patch of glitter. Who, who here has put all their Christmas decorations away? The rest of you have your decorations out all year? How about over here? Decorations are all put away. You feel like you've accomplished. The, the holiday doesn't seem like it's quite over until you have to put all those things away. And so as I see this glitter up here, I'm thinking, let's just reminder. I think we got ours put away, don't we, honey? We're kind of doing pretty good. Even Are you guys, even here, remember our big tree right here? Is it, is it kind of depressing now to come in? It's just not the same. How about at home where you had all the things lit up and you come home, it's like it just doesn't seem the same. And it seems like all these preparations in the one day, Christmas Day, and the next day, it's like, hmm. Some of us leave it till after the new year. You know, like, why would you do all that work and not enjoy it, at least through the holiday season, right? And then we have to put it away. And it, what amazes me as we get into today's study, uh, the brilliance of our Lord. And, you know, as I prayed about this, this um, who's, been, who's been in the Word of God in Colossians? Let me see the hands of those who are studying Colossians. Very important. How about over here? Who's got their Bibles open and they're studying Colossians? It's not a very big book, but a very important book. And, and, and often, if anyone here even does a Google online, you'll see that you put the word in supremacy of God, and you'll see it pulls up Colossians. So if any time you forget who he is, this is an excellent book to go into. And I'm telling you, once you discover by the Holy Spirit, once revelation shows you who he is, I'm telling it changes everything. It changes everything. So no matter where you're at right now, if you're at a place that you're not sure, like you're taking your first steps with Jesus, or in, man, Colossians is going to be an excellent book for you. And I cannot wait to see what God's going to do in the midst of lifting up his glorious name. So I don't know about you today. This has been very difficult for me even to, to talk about this scripture reference and, and uh, what I want to do is this. I, I don't want to bring the magnificence of God down to any level for us to try to understand. Can we just lift him up today in these four scriptures and let go of what we've ever thought? See, if I said right now who Jesus is to you, you're all going to come up with magnificent things that's happened to you. It could be healer, comforter, truth. All of these things, you, you can identify what's found in Jesus, right? And you can tell me those things. But I'm telling you right now, these next four scriptures are going to put Jesus where he belongs. Now, those things are good. Healer is good, right? That's something Christ can do in your life. But don't, don't let us stay there. He is much, much more than this. And so let's do this. Let's just clear our minds today. I don't care where you've been all week. I don't care what it was like this morning. I want you to clear your minds and get you ready for your heart to open because that's like Pastor Teresa said today, that, that's where the soil is right now. It's where the soil is, the heart of man. And that's where the word of God is planted. How many people know if you hide the word of God in your heart, he will not sin? That's how powerful the word of God is that's hidden in the heart of man. It keeps you from sin. It keeps you from the darkness, the kingdom of darkness. So what are we going to do today? We're going we're to listen to the word of God, four verses, and we're going to allow that to come into us, be planted Firmly in good soil. How many people believe today that your heart is in a good place? That's, that's not very encouraging. <laughs> okay, let me ask you to Dan, and I want you to be confident. I, know, I don't want you to, here's where, I want you to clear your minds today. Can we do that? Clear them. I don't care what the enemy has lied to you today. I don't care if he's lied to you all week. 
saying you're not worthy, you're not worth it, any of this. I'm telling you right now, get, it with it. get rid of it right now. I want you today, become, if you want Jesus to be in your life and to guide you, lead you, if you are there and you say, God, my, my heart is ready. I want to see the hands of those that say, the day, today is a day I'm going to receive his word. I'm going to lift him up. I believe Christ not only is Lord of my life, he is Lord over all. And I'm going to surrender that, and I'm going to open my mind and heart for your word today. I want to see the hands of confidence today and faith today, believing that what we're going to hear in the next four verses is going to set us free from things that the enemy has lied to us about. Because he's a liar, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's going to take that away from you. And you can say, not today, not tomorrow, not this month, not in my lifetime. I'm going to stand firm on what you're going to establish in me today. Four verses is what we're going to say. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's why it's hard for me to tell you these four verses. Because who am I to bring his glory like this? Who am I? I'm just a man. But you know what? In this man and in my English, how bad as it could be at times... I'll do my very best to read as I say it, but I'm telling you, don't be limited to English. Don't be limited to God's word in English. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. And I'm telling you, there's so much truth in the next four verses. You will, pre- you will not be able to comprehend it with this thing. Let this go. And let it come into your heart and let the Holy Spirit do its work in you that you will be, it will be revealed to you and planted firmly in your heart. That as you leave here, anything that come to lie to you, you'll know. If this is planted in your heart, anything that goes before you, you'll say, that's a lie. That's a lie right there because I know my Jesus. He's much more than we could ever imagine. He's much more than that. Can you do that today? And let's give, let's give glory just to um, the amazement of what's going to happen here. First of all, Colossians, wow. If you remember in verse 12, you are qualified. I want you to realize that. You're qualified today to hear the truth in these next four verses. If you've given your life to Christ, if you haven't, do it right now. Do it right now and say, God, I surrender my life to you. I surrender my life to you. I want you to lead me and guide me in this, in this life of mine. I've sinned and fallen short, but you will redeem me. I want you to do that today if you have not done it, because you will not understand these next four verses unless the Holy Spirit resides in you. And the only way the Holy Spirit's going to reside in you is when you surrender your life to him. Is that understood? Everybody knows that, right? That's a, that's a process you all have to do, young and old. So we do that. We're ready for the next verses. Verse 12 says we're qualified by what he has done, what he has done. So let's go to first, and I'm going to start with 13 and 14. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. <laughs> I, I can't go any further. How many people know what the kingdom of darkness looks like? How many people remembered before you met Jesus? How many people can remember that? Maybe it's been a long time. Do you remember how dark it was? only time you know it's dark is when you can see now. Because when you're in it, you don't know it's dark. You were in the kingdom of darkness. You were governed and ruled by Satan. He had your life. In those times that you were not understanding, those times of desperateness and, and even maybe suicide thoughts, the kingdom of darkness had hold of you. 
You were shackled in chains. You were suffering, and you had no clue. You couldn't understand life. Maybe you were in a place of desperateness because you were shackled. How many people believe that you were set free? That's the power of God. That's the, that's the, but you have to understand, there's a power of darkness. There's a kingdom of darkness. And it says here, he has rescued you from the dominion of darkness. That kingdom ran by Satan. You have been snatched out and you've been set free. You've been put on a solid ground. I don't know about you, but that, is the, that gives me reason to fall on my knees. And you know what I tried? For a while back, we bought these things, these pads at church, and, and we were going to use those for seats. And, and we had these wooden seats in here. And you all remember the wooden seats if you've been here for a while. They weren't all that comfortable. So I bought these things and go, whoa, whoa, look what I found. I found some things. And yet uh, they came in like this. I'm like, oh, okay, well, they're not very thick, not very comfortable, but they'll do the job. And they've been sitting in the back room. And just today, what the Lord has revealed to me is this. In this study of Colossians and in glorifying Christ Jesus, as you glorify him, you will find yourself on your knees more. It will happen when you give him his rightful place, not only where he's at in your life, you will fall to your knees. And I want you to realize, if you, if you are going to do this study and you want to do it correctly, then you will humble yourself. The best way to humble yourself is on your knees. And so I've got him out of the closet. And if you want to take this, I'm not going to call it a challenge because I should never feel that the word of God is a challenge, ever. It is the best thing you ever do in your life is to open it and read it. And the Holy Spirit will guide you into life. These are here for you to put on the ground. As, if you can put it around the house as a reminder, fine. But use it. Who here in this study of God says, you know what? I'll be more on my knees. And sometimes we need to be reminded. But I guarantee these next four verses will put you in a place that you would want to fall on. So they're up here. You guys want to take them home? They're gifts to anybody who wants to take them. Take as many as you want. You want to take one for anyone or anybody. But you don't just use it to remind you of something. Use it to, to use it. And I guarantee when you find yourself more and more on your knees, you're going to see amazing things happen in your lives. I'm telling you right now. The more you're on your knees, the more powerful you'll lead your life. People will see you. It's not just because you want people to see you. You go to your, go to your quiet place. You don't care what anybody else thinks. Go to your quiet place. Put it on the ground. And I'm telling you, if you're there, humble yourself and exalt him. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And those who have been there before and see waters part know exactly what I mean. So I'm going to tell you today, take one home with you. Take one of these things. They, you know, right now they're not worth much to us, except for a few up here that people use. Take them home and use them. I want you to wear them out, get another one. Wear it out, get another one. Because I tell you what, your life will never be the same. And you'll <laughs> new things will become new. Praise God for that. I want to go into who is Jesus, the supremacy of Christ, Colossians 15 through 18. If you're ready, then let's go into this today. First of all, as we sit down and look at this, verse 15, we're going to go one verse at a time. 15, we see he is the perfect image. And what does that mean? It says the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Now, you could read that and say, hmm, but I'm telling you about the Holy Spirit. Let him guide you in the truth of this. First of all, we know that he is the Son, the only begotten Son of the Father. He is the Son, and in the image, he is the perfect image of the Father. In character, 
in all that he will do. He says, I only do what the Father does when he is here on earth. Jesus is the exact representation of the Father in the flesh. Now, that's why we say, look upon Jesus, because Jesus came as the example of the Father, showing us the way of love. He showed us the perfect way. He had to come, and then he had to be the sacrificial lamb on the cross that we'd be set free. He was the perfect sacrifice. So he is an exact representation of the Father. He is the Father. And so you have to realize something. Anybody tell me what two things in this world are exactly the same? Tell me. Two things that you know are exactly the same. Now, people say the snowflakes aren't, the drops aren't. Everything that is matter cannot be the exact same except for the Son and the Father and the Holy Spirit. One. One image. Now, that's hard for us. Three persons, that gets confusing. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all of a sudden we're like, okay, separate? No. One exact image. Jesus was the exact representation of the Father in all ways. But he came in human form so that we would have the perfect example of the Father. But then humble himself to die on the cross. What does that do to you? What does that do to you, knowing that the perfect image of God, the Father, and the Son came and laid his life down so that me could live? How does that make you? In any situation that you've ever been in, in any, I don't care if it's deathbed, in any situation, if you make that comparison, how could you ever not give him glory for who he is and what he has done. You see, it, it straightens the mind up. It clarifies things. In any situation you've ever faced in your life, and I know some of you have been really difficult, if you compare it to that just for a moment, that God would do that for me. How can you even imagine a loving father like that? The son is the image of the invisible God, the invisible God, the spirit. How do you see into the spirit? Well, the only way I can see into the spirit of God is through the son that I know is true on paper. The only way I could ever know my father in heaven is through what Jesus did in the image of God here and written down to help me. That is the only way, even through the Spirit of God that's going to lead me and guide me, it's going to lead me and guide me into all truth, the truth that I can compare to what is written about my Savior. The only way I can love him is through his word that I will know him. I can know him, the same God, in the same image as the Father. You understand what I'm saying here? That's how important the word is, that I can read it and be changed and transformed by the renewing of my mind in the same word that I can see the brilliance of God because the God of this age has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. That means I was in a kingdom of darkness and I was blinded that I cannot see the glory of God because the enemy had my heart. But when I've been set free, I can see his brilliance even in human form. 
In you, I can see his brilliance. And that's why I can rejoice as Paul rejoices over those all over the world because he can see the love of God real and authentic in them. The brilliance of God is now in his church. The brilliance of it. You are the glory. You are the glory. And do not let the enemy ever lie to you about who you are. Once you lift him up, once you know who he is, he will tell you who you are. Once you've been lifted, once the blinders are gone and you can see the glory of Christ, you will fall on your knees and say, I didn't even know you were there, and now I see you in all your brilliance and glory. You will then know the liar. And now you will belt up, gird yourself up to fight him because you know what he's doing to other people. You can see it. And you won't want that for anyone. You'll be in his business. The invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, he is the first. He's not created of the Father. He's first over all things, seen and unseen. He is over all. Because what? He's in the exact image of the Father. Now, I don't know about you. How's, how's 15 sound? How does that sound? Is that a normal verse? Does that compare? Even the word of God is so truthful all through. You can find truth in anything by the Holy Spirit. Isn't 15 amazing? Does that, does that do something to you? Does it, as you lift him up, can you feel something in your own heart, in your own spirit? Can you see, can you feel something different as you declare these verses? And I'm going to tell you today, any place you are, I would memorize these. Know them, because if anything comes your way, it says, mm-mm. My Jesus is the exact image of my Father. Jesus is the exact What you saw come to this earth was God Almighty in the flesh. And all that he did was what the Father was doing. And so he, Jesus, is my king. He deserves all glory and honor because he is above all. He is the first. He is the first. And no other seat I will give in my life except for him. He deserves the first and only seat on my heart. You see, 15 will change your life. Verse 15 will change it if you just concentrate on it. Let your mind focus on the truth of God's word. All right, let's go into 16 here. Are you ready? Whoops, I got Hebrews. Sorry about that. I want to go Hebrews real quick. This will help solidify some things. God, having spoken long ago to our fathers in the prophets, in many portions and in many ways, in these last days, he has spoken to us in his, what? Son. It says he appointed heir over, what? Of all things, over all things. It says, and through whom, being Jesus, he made the ages, or you'll see in your translation, may say worlds. It is not just world. It's just not this earth. It's over all ages, all worlds, everything all over, universal, whatever you want to call it. He is over all. It's a plural word. You must keep it in your minds. It's plural. Who, being the radiance of his glory and the exact expression of his substance, 
and upholding all things by the power of what? His word. Why can we say that? Because the word was God. The word was with God. Jesus is the word. Jesus is amplified when you read his word. That's how powerful it is. When truth comes to you, it's Jesus that comes to you, and Jesus is over all things. Can you ever stumble upon one thing in your life if Jesus is over it? Can you? If Jesus is in you, the Spirit of God is in you, the exact representation of the Father, then can you stumble if he is over all things? All we have to do is follow him. And even in our worsts, even unto death, Christ is still over all. Does he have a better plan? Absolutely. Can I submit to that? Absolutely. Yes, or trust about it? You better believe it. It's all about where you give him here. And if you're going to edify him and lift him up here in your mind, let it be renewed. Let it be renewed. What do you think about him now? Can you see the word of God transforming you by the renewing? Can you see what you think now upon who this God is that you serve? The one that saved you. You may call Savior, but he's much more than that. You may call him Deliverer, but much more than that. He's delivered all things. All things are under his rule. All things. Now, you have to understand the Colossi church was infiltrated by false teaching. There was teaching coming from all over, and they were bringing Jesus down. It was Jesus and something else, Jesus in religion. Jesus, but Jesus wasn't in his rightful place, and Paul wrote the letter to make sure that they understand who Jesus is. That's why these verses are here. So the, there may be some Gnostics out there that think they know. They may even tell you that they know. Oh, I know about spiritual things. They may say, even those in levels of, of teaching, maybe professors who think they know, they're Gnostic. You have the agnostic, but the Gnostic, those ones that think they know all things about everything, even explaining the things that are spiritual. That's the lie. That's what came in, and they started to distort the supremacy of our Lord, and that started to deteriorate, and that's the reason why Paul wrote this letter. So in your life, if what you think about God isn't the place it needs to be, then you've listened to a lie. You listen to knowledge. You listen to those things of the world, and it has got your mind off the place it needs to be. Your mind needs renewed. How many people know that that happens? See, that's the way he steals. He steals truth. He steals seed. He takes that away because he doesn't want you to lift him up. He doesn't want you to, to submit yourself down and say, I am not worthy, but God is my, he is my all in all. He's above all. And as you lower yourself and lift him up, Satan says, I want to steal that away because that's powerful. That man is unbreakable. That man, I, cannot, I can't get in there. I can't do anything with him because he's on his knees. He's lifting up his Savior. He's lifting up the God of all things in power and authority. He's brilliant and glorious. And as you lower yourself to that level and lift God up at that time, Satan is furious. And you could defeat him by getting on your knees. That's the power of your knees. That's the power of humbling yourself to exalt a mighty God. And you'll see him move because that is the key to your life. You can call Jesus 
Savior. And that is wonderful, but that is the beginning of a life that is amazing. You make him Lord, majesty, and you have to do that daily, making that. Do not forget to go before God and give him his glory. And he will do something amazing in your life. Upholding all things by his powerful word. Upholding, upholding. Does that mean he's let you go? No. Has God left you? No. Is Jesus not there? No. He upholds. He holds fast together. No one can snatch him from the Father's hand. No one. See, I love that. Does that give you some security today? Can you feel the power of the words? Can you feel them? Does it do something inside? Does it change how you think upon him? And let me ask you a question. If you're going to go to prayer and you put him in his rightful place, how different will your prayers be? How different will be those things you ask for according to his goodwill? Are you more confident of who he is? That's just two verses. Let's go into the next one. Let's go into, oh, that's just one verse, I'm sorry. Using two in Hebrews. Let's go into 16. For in him all things were created. Did Jesus create the world? Absolutely. Universe, absolutely. Lights, yes. Clouds, everything. Everything was created by him. All things were created by Christ. If you look at the word God in the, in the book of Genesis, when God created the earth, all in it, in the beginning, God. That's plural, 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 not singular. It's one. It's plural, meaning all three. Trinity was involved in the beginning. Isn't that wonderful to know? Now, I know if, if God created all things and I said God and I looked at him as the Father, I'm not, I'm not in deep sin. I'm not, I'm not giving his rightful glory. I want, to know some, I want you to know something today. Jesus was there and he made all things. Visible and invisible. What you see in human eyes to what you feel in spirit. All things, heaven and earth, all through the universe, God in the Son created them all. All of them. And that's why I like the word all. So I can't come up with anything that even comes close to say, well, I don't think he's involved in that one. But there is a deceiver that wants his place. And he will deceive and so know that God in his goodness creates all things. Heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, or rulers, or authorities, all of it. Now, I don't know about you. I think I'd have a pretty good understanding of that if I was living at that time with Jesus and the Romans were oppressing me. I would think I'd know it through all the stories that were told to me as a child about the people in Genesis that were under rules. The times in Babylon where 70 years had to go by before they were released and then we have Jeremiah 20 and 11, for God knows the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to bring harm, plans for a future and a hope. And that's where they were in bondage in Babylon. You see, all of those they would remember and they would have been told. And at that moment, they would know the power of authority and rule all over the place because they were living in the oppression. You see, they would understand this when Jesus would say it. They would understand the oppression and rulership of the world and know there's something wrong with this. But Jesus is above all. Thrones and dominions, rulers and authorities. Jesus is above all of it. Is he first in your life? 
Is he first above all things? Is he first even on your thoughts towards those who have wronged you? Is he over all things? Or the authorities that try to rise up, Satan tries to bring his authorities where he has none. He brings his dominions involved and his rulership he brings involved in it, trying to deceive you of who, who is really in charge here. Is it Satan or is it God? Who has hold of this life of mine? Why am I going through this? I can't understand why a loving God, and now you what? You give him dominion to someone else. Because God is not like that. He's the God of love. We don't want to give anybody else a throne in our life. Now, did God create the throne that he sits on? I would say, yeah, Jesus says he creates all thrones. God, even the mercy seat of God, it was created for the earth, that he would come, and there it is, the mercy seat of God. It was like a throne. It was a mercy seat. Then he created all the thrones of the elders that sit around. You see, there's power in that, and he creates them all. Spiritually, visible, invisible, he creates those for his glory and for good. So what does the devil do? Did not God say, I don't want you to elect a king? I don't want you to elect a king. You don't need a king. As long as you put me on the throne of your heart, I can lead you. I can do this. I'm God. Have you, not forgot, have you forgotten who I am and who, what I can do in your life? Have you forgotten? And they said, no, we need a king to lead us. And so he said, I hand you over. And I will work through a king if he gives me his heart. I will work through him, and you know what that went. How many kings were evil? Oppression. And they still, he said, you be careful. Jesus creates thrones, authorities. He's the one for your good, not the devil's. He'll create his own, deceive you. Who's here was a part of the darkness, the kingdom or the dominion of darkness? I was until I got saved. I didn't know it. I was under that leadership, that rulership. How about you? Can you remember when? Can you remember the day you said yes to Jesus and said, I'm out of this? I need help. I didn't understand any of that. I didn't understand the scripture. I didn't have to. Jesus says, I'll take you where you are right there. I'll take you where you are because your heart, the soil, I can plant a seed in there, and you're going to grow. You're going to bear fruit a hundredfold. He says, I believe in you. And when I did that, then I became a man taken from that dominion and put into God's kingdom. In that dominion, we had no sight of anything and had it all about me. And you know that too. We're all selfish in that arena. We all wanted things for ourselves. And I'll say, takes you out. And he says, okay, here is the kingdom of my son, Jesus. There. He has the power to do that. If you say yes to him, if you submit to him, that's just amazing to me that we can just do that. And he, God, of all universe, the creator of all things, who is above all with all authorities, who creates the unseen and, and the seen and does all of that. He says, there's my heart I'm taking. He takes you from that, gives you sight, and places you in a new kingdom. God did that for you. That amazes me. That he would say, that's important to me. He says, that's important to me. I can't fathom that, can you? He is such a good God, isn't he? He's amazing. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, he's what all things were created through him and for him. 
All things, invisible, invisible, all things were created for him and through him. Tells me that Jesus, there's things that God himself, through him things came and belonged to him. In him is found all things that are good. Not all things. You can't say, you know, this evil thing is of God. He doesn't create evil. Evil is a, that is a choice. Evil is a choice. Satan was cast down by choice. And, the, and all the angels, a third of the angels cast down with him was a choice of every single angel. It says, I will not submit anymore. And we have to be careful. When we ever say, I am not going to submit to that, then you just hand yourself up to another dominion. And you gave another ruler authority in your life. So can we ever say no to Jesus? Can we, you show me where, that you can ever say no to the king of all, the ruler of all, the God above all things, one who created all visible and invisible. You see, if you understand who he is, can you ever say no to that loving God? Never. So if you can't say no and you say, I always submit to you, I'm not leaning my own understanding in all my ways, I will submit to you, and you will make my path straight. I trust him. Even in my lack of understanding, even when this doesn't quite understand the things of God, then I will still trust him, and I will say, I will submit to him, my God, because I placed him on the right throne of my heart. He is all, he is the throne of me. I can't submit to anything else if I give him the rightful place. All things were created through him, and for him. I don't know about you when I said yes to Jesus and he said, okay, I'm going to take you, son, and I'm going to take you, and he made me something he can use. He can make me something that he can use, and, and all I have to do is declare his glory. If anyone comes to me about the, the, uh, the rulership of Christ, all I have to do is declare his glory. He gives me that opportunity to do such a thing, and then that is good. That means I'm for Jesus, and who is for Jesus? Who can be against him? That means I'm on the right side. I don't know about you. If anybody's in sports before and you've always done that kind of thing, you, who wants to win in here? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I like to win. I like to be on the winning team. Why? Because I can win together. <laughs> it's kind of selfish, isn't it? But if I'm with God and I know who he is, know what he can do with me, and I'm on the winning team, who can come against me? To me, there's something incredible about that. I can win a game. This game of life. I think I might still, no, I'm just kidding. I had that game here. We had played with that for a while. 16, let's go into 17. I know that we, we've got, we, well, okay, let's go to Psalms. I keep forgetting there's other things in there. Sorry, Psalms 19. Let's go. The heavens declare his glory, the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. Listen to this. This is his creation. Did God create everything? Absolutely. Look what it does. Look what creation does. The heavens declare his glory, the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. <laughs> and day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal his knowledge. And without speech or language, without sound to be heard, their voices 
have gone out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. Isn't that amazing that God creates even the clouds in the sky to do his work? <laughs> even the stars can, everything he's created, it's for him and by him. That means he created things for him. to good for you and me. He creates everything that you see in seen and unseen for your good. That's why he can declare that says all things work together. What? For the good. Not only of those things that we can see. The things that are unseen are still working for the good of you because of your love and your purpose for him. That's what the word says. So when you love him and there's purpose in him, guess what? All things done through you that are good and pleasing unto the Father. To me, how in the world could we ever say we have nothing to do? How can we ever say that I'm not sure what the will of God is? What is it for you? Ask yourself a question. What does God have for you at this stage? I don't care if you just, just received him today. What is it that God has you do? Because when he takes you from the kingdom of darkness and snatches you from that grave and puts you over the kingdom of light, he says, now get ready. This is what I planned for you. I have waited for you to submit. I've waited for you to surrender. And now I can use you to do glorious things. You have been created by him and for him. To me, there's purpose in life, isn't there? There's purpose to you. Even when you don't really understand where I'm at right now, know this, there's purpose for you today. For Jesus, for him. Sustainer. He is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. <laughs> How many people have ever felt out of control? It felt like things were out of control. Like things weren't going to the way you planned. Somehow things just got overboard. Just, I don't know. It's just chaos. How many people know that when things come in your life and you think, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. It's good to know this verse. Even in the worst of worst in your life, he is before. He is before all things created. means he was there before in creation. He, he is before all things. And in Jesus, all things hold together. When someone says, I don't understand that storm. I don't understand that wildfire. I don't understand why people are dying over here. I, I, where's God? My Jesus holds all things together. Everyone's been created for good and by him. The only thing that only separates you from God's purpose is you. Only thing that can separate you from his working through you is you. It's the way you think. Are you blinded today are you set free today? Are you able to see and move forward in that today and knowing and trusting God has everything together and he holds the universes together? The why the earth turns perfectly in its rotation and if it just moves a slight bit, we would be burned. And he holds everything perfectly together that we even, re we, we even exist today, breathing air, eating, functioning, and walking because Jesus holds it all together. Does not he reserve, should receive glory. All things together.
to me, it just amazes me. Now let's go to the next verse. Supreme above all. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and firstborn among the dead, which means when Christ went into the earth, the belly of the earth, and was resurrected to the glory of the, uh, the Father beside him. What does that mean? He's the first. All those who died before him were in another place called Abraham's bosom. They weren't glorified under the Father. You understand? So he's the first of that. He did die on the cross. He did take all the sin to hell. He took it that he would die, that you would be forgiven and released of it. To me, that's amazing. He's the first of that. Isn't it glorious? God himself says, I'll be the first to do this. To me, it just astounds me. The first among the dead, so that all things may be that he would have what? What's the word? Preeminence. What is preeminence? What, anybody really understand that word? He did this, all things, all things, so ye would have that place of preeminence. And you may say, I'm not sure what that means. What does preeminence mean? Let me give it to you real quickly. Preeminence is what? First. Say it. Jesus is preeminent in my life. What does that mean? He is first in my life. He is first in all things. Even the way I think upon those, I put him first. He's the reason for all. First, one holding the first place of your heart. First place. To be first ranked in influence. Meaning if I'm going to do something, I'm going to be influenced by what I put first. What I prioritize in my life to be first. Everything I put there. You know, if you really want to do something, you're going to do it. You're going to put it first. If you really want to do something, you move it up the scale, don't you? Anything, I'd like to do this tonight, you all of a sudden prioritize that in your life to do. Now, if he's first, then you're going to say, Jesus, is this the good thing I do do tonight? Is this where you want me to be tonight? It's not about me. It's about you because you're preeminent in my life. You are first place in my life, and I'm going to run it by you. You give me authorization. You give me, I don't care what it is. I go to my king first. If I am a place, if I'm placed as a servant of God, then I must go before my master to get approval. Does that make sense? He's hired me. First place above all else. How many people made Jesus first? How many people made Jesus first in all decisions? You see the difference? If he's first, he's first in all those things. Even before I move, it's like, oh, let me just ask Jesus first. Let me ask him. And through the spirit of God, he will release he will show and direct 